Well, it's been a while. And that's mainly because I've had to rethink my approach to podcasting. I think everyone, when they start doing any sort of platform, advertisement, podcast, recording, video, they have it in their mind what their audience wants to listen to, what is important to them, and how we need to position ourselves for the best chance at success. Well, guess what? No one gives a fuck. At the end of the day, there are millions upon millions upon billions of people doing the exact same thing you are. You're not an original thought. And so after thinking and listening and being embarrassed by what I said, I said, fuck it, let's start over. So breaking from that boring mold, I want to diverge from the topics of business and start to bring in some original thoughts. Yes, this is absolutely my response to that pathetic attempt at a poll where Most expectedly, I only received one vote, and it was for Stop Making Boring Podcasts. So, to whomever was the purveyor of that choice, not only do I say, well, go fuck yourself, but I will say thank you. After reviewing and thinking, uh, like I said, I was embarrassed and ashamed of myself. Seriously, I, I wanted to look at alternative views and approaches to business, but also to those ethical manifestations therein. I didn't want to be basic, and in my pursuit of followers, I became basic. Now, that being said, this episode somewhat ties in with the last podcast ramblings. I kind of have to. I took my time on this. I wanted to see the resulting fire being put out. But, I mean, the latest release and revelation, sorry, about Cambridge Analytica is a scary fucking point to make. Here we have an agency, which is now internationally known, that took the terms and conditions to a whole new stretch. This company not only duped hundreds of thousands, sorry, 87 million people, but they found that one major loophole in our own actions that made made it easy to manipulate the right people to do a very questionable wrong thing we have in front of us the fiction to fact result of what huxley orwell and McLuhan wrote about mass manipulation now i saw twitter erupt in a manner befitting mob mentality with some of the well-known as they would suggest tech reviewers blaming this on stupid people or idiots but if you read your modern critiques which i know most haven't in a while you see no dumb people It's the simple application of emotional intelligence, using people's own emotions and fear to instruct their actions. This episode isn't going to be a lesson in conspiracy or even media studies, but it will be a humble caster's response to the lack of criticism we give the online world. We leave our senses to guide us instead of asking whether those words truly have a human behind them left or right, up or down, blue or red or green or orange? How does a program read out other programs to maintain humanity when it simply doesn't understand what it means to be human? This isn't science fiction or horror or even fantasy. It's the real world. And it's a real world application of a great responsibility that we're assuming is going to be left to the good guys. But who are the good guys? 
These companies are committed to quarterly profits, not qualifying progress for the people. If we're complicit in their process, absolutely ignorant of the massive impact data manipulation has on our lives, we might as well start shutting ourselves down and forgetting our human nature to endure. Our fears are used against us, yet we don't give a flying fuck because it's not wrapped in a merchandisable package and sent from Kylie Jenner. This is our failure. Welcome to episode five of Kill Your Gurus, how to know if you're human. It's okay. They just assumed we knew. I mean, who doesn't read the terms and conditions before signing? It's simple boilerplate. Come on, we're in 2018. But to be honest, we probably haven't read any agreement to any application, software, pop-up, porn in the last decade. We got bored of it circa 2010, and we stopped giving a shit because we want to get to our app faster, to our page faster, to our porn faster. We stopped caring after the news became less shocking and more common to hear of death every day. We stopped looking to be shocked when things just happen and and stay the course because, oh well, c'est la vie. This type of apathy is actually a way to completely forget to be intelligent. We follow what our friends share and become entrenched in a hotbed of debate we can't even try to cite any source for anymore. From politics to celebrity, we've become too easy to agree with because of our innate fear of going the wrong way. The popular rhetoric dividing the left from the right is a perfect example. We even feel full fear of going into a webpage that has our opposition's mark. This causes complete and total disruption of our image and being balanced and informed. We lost sight that maybe, just maybe, those friends' headlines are completely wrong, completely taken out of context, and completely and utterly full of fear-mongering. See, Facebook is the platform, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to give you solid evidence of how this issue went over our heads and out the window fast, because it did. As soon as we were sent into a fury, rage deleting the app, then probably downloading it again, we forgot about holding those accountable to the test. It was a fad. And so the result is nothing changes because we're too lazy to actually care after one day. The example I want to use is the cannabis sector in Canada. We'll get back to Cambridge Analytica in a minute, but here we believe on the notion that 2018 is the year recreational and medicinal use will be 100% legal. We believe and are led to understand that in the next vote, we will have our free use of the substance. Companies are gearing up, news is being blasted with headlines, stoners everywhere are getting excited. However, after chatting with an insider who deals with licensing and production, I found out some key things not being included or being completely ignored in those spectacular announcements of legalization. First, it's that the vote on, in July, which is July 22nd to be clear, is so the Senate can vote on whether Canada will go ahead with legalization. This is the first step to the bill. This isn't making it legal. This is a vote on whether the bill will be pushed to the public vote and the legalization process will actually start. It's not that they vote and it's legal. It's the vote 
before the vote, before the vote to make it legal. This is a huge step away from what we think. Years, probably. We expected it to happen right away. It's not. And more so, the headlines around the July 22nd vote, as well as the amount of misinformation surrounding how we treat cannabis versus how we treat something worse, like, let's say, cigarettes, should be much more included. Why aren't we asking the question of, well, Dumarie puts out literal death sticks, but cannabis has to be labeled The fact is, there are hundreds of bills in front of Parliament that are vastly more impactful to Canadian life. Whether you smoke weed or not, it's just a a red herring. But these are things that have to do with healthcare and children and our tax dollars. But for most of the population, it's boring. No one wants to read the boring stuff anymore because it's not clickable. But because we forgot our world is 90% boring stuff, the important stuff gets lost along the way. I mean, okay, now getting back to the topic of Cambridge Analytica. All right, when I started this podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had no clue that this was still going to be relevant. I mean, the fallout was swift. Within days, we saw the awkward Mark Zuckerberg sit in front of the U.S. Senate being grilled as to why he was complacent in the exchange of data. It all came down to knowledge of the end terms, being discreet versus being passive in how we handled the communication. And the terms to the end users were not openly discussed. Within minutes, a distinction was made by Zuckerberg, just subliminally, you wouldn't even hear it in passing, but he mentioned the term products. I mean, what did he mean? It wasn't his platform. Social media isn't social, or maybe it is, and thus an object that is owned by the society. But according to Zuckerberg, that's not true. Labeling users as products, creating a precedent that explained the whole scandal perfectly. We are not the power. We are just the result. We are dollar signs. People lost their position in the flow of social media from the driving force, which should be pushing innovation, to the annoying little lab rats who are trying to revolt. Our data, our personal highs and lows and stories we tell that our lives have become boiled down to a tight package of math and statistics that only give power in the form of profits. Social media especially Facebook, was no longer that socialist experiment where we could connect people from a dorm room. The Facebook lost face in that moment when Zuckerberg revealed this truth. And it's not the first time either, but for some reason, each time this comes up, we gloss over the hardest hitting fact of this one man's approach to people. As of today, Cambridge Analytica is no more. The hearings and the news You know what, we become numb to all this means, but at least there was action. But it was only action from a brand perspective. This company has closed down, which has influenced an entire government in one country, one of the most powerful countries in the world. And yet, it just set a precedent to say all you have to do is buy, sell, and close. 
I mean, this, this isn't new. Cambridge Analytica, what they did is just a higher form of what the numbers game, quote unquote, has always been. The numbers game has always been about understanding who and what and adding it up together to get a result. Before it used to be gut instinct, but now we have analytical data that can alter everything. Now with F8, Facebook just announced that third-party vendors are going to have a harder time to even consider being able to scope out all of this data from Facebook. People are jumping ship immediately. People are losing money and losing their ability to create some really cool shit out there. But Facebook knew what Cambridge Analytica stood for. They're not dumb. So this is going to continually happen. But on what level, on what allowances are we going to give these third-party vendors, these companies, Facebook, Twitter, the ability to ruin our lives? Or maybe improve them? Or maybe just monitor us until they get enough data that they can wipe us all out? I don't know. But it's a scary precedent when your mind starts rolling down that hill to try to understand what could happen. So where are we now? We sit in the aftermath as we're reading all of these tweets, all of these Facebook posts, everything like that. Well, kudos if you're still on Facebook. So what does that mean for us? How do we change our game plan? I mean, the terms of service, the, the, the end user agreement, we can do all the studying we want, but what this proved is that it means nothing. You can put a bunch of fancy words in front of a platform, in front of an app, and people will click yes regardless because they have to. And most people won't read it. Most people won't care to read it. And that is the scariest part of this entire situation is that people will not take the five to 10 minutes to read it. Now, mind you, most people may not understand all of it. And Twitter, along with Facebook and Instagram and all of these programs, I know you've seen emails popping up saying that they've simplified their terms of service. They've made it easier to understand. They've opened up the doors. They're allowing a lot more information going to the end user. But are you actually clicking it open and reading it? They're doing all these changes, but it's not changing the fact that the general populace will not devote their time to reading the fine print. And this is the key problem in this whole situation. And I, I think I'm... I'm reiterating everything here is that we don't take the time we don't want to read further we are so used to being so quick not having time to even stop and smell the roses or in this case stop and actually read what the fuck we're signing that we have turned into a society of perpetual skimmers we skim the top we get the facts or so we think we get the facts That's the biggest fear, is that when Orwell to H.G. Wells, all of these different sci-fi writers, and Rand even, when they talked about societal 
takeovers. It never started with a war. It never started with a bang. It always started with the slow integration of a simple idea. Now, I'm not getting all crazy, far-fetched conspiratorial here, but if you think about it, how easy is it to put into your mind an idea, a mantra, a positive outlook on life that has to do with ignoring something, ignoring something that you think isn't important. You go to the bank, you sign a piece of paper. How often do you actually read it? They give you the gist of it. They tell you what it says, but do you read the paper? For all you know, they could say, and you're indebted to us and you just have to pay it back on your own terms. You'd believe them. But what they did put in the paperwork now reads, you have to give them your firstborn child. And legally, that's binding. Now, that's an extreme case, but this is what can happen. When we don't involve ourselves in the political process, and we don't take the time to read and research, because either we don't want to, we think better, we don't have the time, as I've said a million times in this sentence already, we fail. Democracy, po politics, banking, fuck, World of Warcraft only works if you know how it works, know how the game works, know how to actually use it. Read the fucking instructions. Now, if this actually was being done, and I know now there are multitudes of people going on Reddit to other forums talking about how they knew something was up and they never used this app. There were news headlines about it. But we chose to ignore it because it wasn't pressing. It didn't involve us. That is the downfall of what we're seeing in our business and in our own society. If it doesn't involve us, we don't care. But when it does, we'll put our foot down. The fact of the matter remains, we need to give a lot more of a fuck when it comes to what we sign and what we read and what we do online. Whether it's Cambridge Analytica or some other company, which as the CEO of Cambridge Analytica said, there is one party using this style of analytics and there's one party that doesn't. There are multitudes of these companies out there getting all of this information. And if you want to be passive and you want this information to actually be used, then that's cool. I personally think the information and the data tracks that are out there can have potentially great side effects to our standardization of communications technology, to our information, to the possibilities of our life dossiers being able to be easily accessed by the ones who need it. Maybe I'm on a Star Trek kick and I believe that something like the Federation could actually improve our lives. No, I'm not a socialist, but I do see positivity when it comes to technological freedom of information. But on the other hand, 
All you need is one thought. All you need is one cry. Rallying people together for the wrong reasons. You know, what happened in Toronto last week was horribly tragic. And it was because people of the same idealistic failures came together and just encouraged and energized each other with these very wrong ideas. Now imagine if that group grew and grew and grew. And now we see the resurgence of of everything we've tried to fight and we've tried to move against. And we've tried to rise above in the last three years. We shouldn't be scared of what's out there. We shouldn't try to censor each other. But we do need to encourage the right tools to educate people on the digital literacy and the understanding of what that data is going to be used for. The fact of the matter remains companies need to be more transparent and companies need to be open and honest. If you're going to stab me, do it in the front so I can see your face. Don't do it in the back and then pretend like everything's okay. We know companies are always going to have their dirty tricks. They're always going to have their Roger Stones or George Soros's, regardless of who they are. But the thing is that when they're going to do something, we're going to trust a company that is open and honest about it and that is okay with backlash than somebody who asks for forgiveness constantly. Facebook needs to learn. They are not the biggest kids on the block they will inevitably fall down and crumble and somebody's going to take their place and somebody's going to misuse that data and this whole cycle starts again so let's be a little bit more honest with ourselves either move forward and innovate and change the system or shut it down We are not old enough as a society to be able to use social media well. And frankly, it wasn't until our parents got on Facebook that all of this started to really go the wrong way. But it can go the right way. If we're able to speak up and be honest and be educated about what we're doing and listen to the boring stuff. Because whether it's a pipeline or data or technology or politics, we need to know the truth. Not just what's clickable. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast after weeks of hiatus. I want to thank everybody who encouraged me to come back. And I want to thank the headlines for being so fucked up. I can still have the same rant I wanted to a couple of weeks ago. Be valid now. You've been listening to Hashtag Kill Your Gurus on Anchor. I'm Lex. I hope you have a good one.